as uh, during the song service, the different songs that we sang. And I don't think, you know, it's marvelous how God works, isn't it? How God orchestrates things, orchestrates, I get it out in a minute. And, uh, you know, talking about the wells of water, the springing up, I have found it. Guess what I'm going to preach to you about tonight? I want to speak to you tonight about the wells of blessing. Amen. Is your blesser broke? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope not. If it is, I know how it can be fixed. Go to the fixer. Amen. Go to Jesus. He can give you something to be joyous about. Thank the Lord. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to St. John chapter 4. St. John chapter 4. And uh, we are going to begin reading at verse 5. St. John chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading at verse 5. And uh, a very familiar passage of scripture to most of us, I'm sure. And if you are able, now if you're not able, I do understand. But if you are able, let's stand together for the reading of God's word. And uh, uh, this is what God's word has to say for us tonight. And uh, I hope it'll be a blessing to each one. Now if you, can, if you can't stand, I understand that. I'm not saying that. Please don't, don't think me wrong. But... Uh, St. John chapter 4, begin reading at the fifth verse. Then cometh he, now that's talking about Jesus. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the partial of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Father, add your blessing to thy word tonight. Help us, we pray, that will be nothing but your instrument. Speak to hearts. Give us honesty and obedience and may you get all the glory. Lord, this is your service. We commit it to you. We commit the results to you. May you get all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For our scripture text, I want to especially lift for your hearing tonight verses 13 and 14, where it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. 
But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. A well of water springing up. Not stagnant. Amen. Not a pitcher pump well. Do y'all know what a pitcher pump well is? How many knows? Oh, how many don't know? <laughs> oh, I better explain that. And that's not even in my notes particularly, but I, I need to explain it. A pitcher pump, well, you know, it's a, an affair. A pump is about that far, used tall, something like that, made out of cast iron. It has a, a handle and a plunger, and you pump that handle. Some of you shaking your head, you know what I'm talking You've used one, haven't you? <laughs> you know, and you pump that handle, you know, and, uh, and it, it has a plunger and so forth, and it will help, supposed to, supposed to get the water out of the well. Sometimes it works good, sometimes it doesn't. It depends upon how good the plunger and everything in the pump is. And a lot of times, a pitcher pump well is a shallow well. And you know, and a lot of times to get water, I've, I, when I was a kid, I've used one of those before, and to get water out of that pitcher pump well, you usually have to start with water because you have to prime the pump. <laughs> Sometimes there's Christians that need to be primed a little bit. Amen. Well, anyway, you know, you and maybe it depends upon how deep the well is and whatever, maybe a quart of water, whatever. You begin to pour that into the top of the pump, pump you know, and, and you begin to pump, and, you know, pretty soon you'll get some water out of it, you know. It may not taste real well, good, uh, because, like I said, a lot of times it's a shallow well, but, you know, it'll be water. Preacher gets up and says, oh, will you please testify? Pump and prime, pump. We need a good offering, pump and prime. We need someone by to visit, pump. Oh, no, that, that's somewhere, that's over in Tennessee, not here. But then on the other hand, and, and I like, and this is what the Lord wants us to have. I like an artesian well. And you know what an artesian well is? How many have ever seen an artesian well? Oh, yeah, a number of us have. You know, an artesian well, you don't even have to have a pump. Because you see, there's so much pressure down there at the source. If you drill down to that source, there's so much pressure down there, the water just automatically flows. Praise the Lord. It flows in the summertime, it flows in the, in, in, in the winter, it flows in the drought. Why? Because of the, the pressure that it's hooked up to, praise God, it just flows. Friend, that's the kind of an experience that God wants you and I to have. Jesus said, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you see, one of the dangers of our age, and friend, we are living in a dangerous time 
for Christianity and for the church. And one of the dangers of our church is, my friend, is that somehow we will drift back into a state of just having a dead profession. Amen. Lord, help us. Well, I want more than that, don't you? Well, there is a parallel scripture that I want to use tonight. It's found over in the 26th chapter of Genesis. In the 26th chapter of Genesis, and I want to use this as a parallel teaching uh, about the Christian experience that God wants you and I to have. A fresh, flowing, springing up experience. A well. So you can just, if you can find it, you can just put your finger into that 26th chapter. And uh, there's different places, there's some different scriptures we will be looking at in a few minutes. You see, friend, a well is not something that is uh, optional. A well is something that we must have. It's vital for life. We know that. And, and, you know, we need to have it. Likewise, my friend, in the spiritual realm, amen, a real holiness experience is also vital to have real victory and to be an overcomer. Amen. Now, notice, going to Genesis chapter 26, notice what it says in verse 15. And it's talking here about the wells. That, and Abraham, if you read some of these scriptures, you'll find that Abraham had, had these wells dug much sometime earlier before this. And in verse 15 it says, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Now this is talking about Isaac, the son, but those wells, you see, it said the Philistines had come along and they had filled them up and stopped them up. You see, it's possible, and this is our danger, that somehow we will have our spiritual wells to become stopped up. Come on, folks become stopped up and choked up until we do not have the blessing that we used to have. Amen. Now, in this scripture, in this 26th chapter, if you go back to verse 1, you will see that in Isaac's time, when they needed these wells, a famine was on. Now, you know what a famine is. But then, if you go and you look about Abraham... And if you, you don't have to go there, but you can take my word. If you want to look it up, that's up to you. But with, Abe, with uh, Moses, rather, I'm sorry, uh, going back just a few chapters early to chapter 21, you'll find that the children of Israel, they needed water, but they were, but they were in the wilderness. So you see, with Isaac, there was a famine, and with Moses, they were in the wilderness. You say, where are you going? Hold on, you, I hope you'll see. 
You see, it's possible for you and I in this age that we are living in for us to become dry and barren, which are suggested by these two problems, the problem of having a famine or being in the wilderness. Now, I realize there are times for you and I as a Christian when we must live by dry faith. I know that's, I know that's true. Uh, and, and I'm glad that we, do, that we do not have to live on our feelings. And there are times when we have to just take ourselves and say, well, I'm going to trust, I'm going to believe, and live by dry faith without feeling hilariously on the mountaintop. But you see, the danger is of you and I going too long, dry-eyed, and without the joy. Now, when I talk about the joy, that's not necessarily talking about happiness. You see, happiness and joy are two separate things. Happiness depends upon our circumstances. Joy does not. Thank the Lord. But joy depends upon our relationship with the Lord. And so we can have the joy of the Lord even when things are going wrong. That doesn't mean we're happy about it. If I have a flat tire, I'm not happy about it. But I can still be joyous in my heart that I know the Lord, that He's in control. Amen. And you know, beloved, the Bible tells us that, uh, that, that joy is, is supposed to be a part of the normal Christian experience. Over in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, one of my favorite chapters. It's a short chapter. I think it's only 12 verses. But anyway, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. But beloved, in our age that we're living in, there is that ever-present danger of being carried captive by the devil into a dead, formal experience. Amen. Lord, help us. Now, notice that here in this 26th chapter of Genesis... There were two things that caused the stopping up of Isaac's wells. Two things are mentioned. First of all, they were stopped up. It says they were stopped up by the Philistines. Genesis 26, verse 15. And the Philistines, they typify, my friend, they typify the people of our day, those who are given to compromise. And I tell you, we are living in a compromising age. Lord, help us. You're all awful quiet. But we are living in a compromising age. Now, I, now, friend, I see a lot of things that I don't... How can I put it? That I don't agree with. And I pray, oh, Lord, just don't let, let, me, let me stay sweet. Don't let me get bitter. Amen. Lord, I want to keep a sweet spirit. I don't want to get bitter about what I see going on around about me. I don't want to get bitter at the church. Thank God for the church. Amen. 
Thank God. Thank God for the church of the Nazarene. Now, I, I want to tell you, you don't have to be a Nazarene and get to heaven. Thank the Lord you don't. But you do have to know the Lord. But I'm thankful for the church of the Nazarene. It's the church of the Nazarene that has given me a, a place where I, can, uh, where I can serve and thank God for it. But beloved, uh, what everything else we see around about us, and you know we can always find something wrong if we want to look for it. But oh Lord, we need to have, pray. Yes, they may be compromised, but Lord, keep us sweet. Keep us, don't let us get bitter. Amen. No one likes to be around a bitter Grumbling, complaining, individual. Right? Ever been around one? Oh, my. <laughs> now, now, don't poke each other. That's all right. Oh, I, I remember years ago when I was a boy, there was a, uh, a pastor and his wife. They were good. Loved the Lord as far as, you know, of course, I was just a boy. But that dear lady, bless her heart, there was always something wrong. Always something wrong. Oh, my. Well, I know we have problems. We all have, and you know, that's part of life. But, beloved, let's don't grumble about it. Amen. Oh, I, have you ever heard that song, Grumblers? Grumblers. <laughs> Oh my, well, I better not go there, am I? <laughs> well, anyway. But you see, the Philistines here in the scripture, they typify the type of worldly individual, you know, who are uh, given to compromise. And, they, and they will, they, they, they will, their feeling is, well, we just don't need the blessing of holiness like we used to have it. Or they think, well, you can't really have a cleansed heart. And then some of them, they don't believe that a person ought to get blessed. That embarrasses me. Oh, my. <laughs> I remember, um, you forgive a personal illustration, but I know one of the churches where we pastored. And I tell you, bless their hearts. There's, there's, I'm not saying there was all bad people. They weren't. There's still some good people in that church. But, but on the other hand, there were times, now I'll tell you, when God, there were times when God had, would come, and boy, some people, they were just uncomfortable. You could tell they were uncomfortable. And, uh, and I, and, and now, I now, I appreciate my wife. She's my best backer when I preach. I appreciate her. And I remember, and I know sometimes some churches where we would go to a whole revival meeting, you know, she would be backing me and saying amen. When, boy, you could see the people look like, who said that? <laughs> Lord, help us. You know, this is the type of, a, they just feel, well, they're offended if someone else gets blessed and they don't want to hear, and they don't want you to get blessed. And especially don't, uh, especially don't shout. That's not dignified. Lord, help us. But I want to tell you, friend, now don't misunderstand me. I'm not for noise just for noise sake. No, I, I don't mean that. But I want to tell you, there's times, church, when we need, we need the blessings of the Lord to come upon us and to come upon our services and to come upon us individually. Come on, beloved. And not be afraid of giving God the glory and giving God the praise. Not being af afraid to maybe raise your hand once in a while. 
Not being afraid to get, get excited about Jesus. You know, it's okay to get excited at a football game or a whatever or a foot race or whatever. Come on. And we'll say, well, they're just a fan, but don't get excited in church. If you do, you're a fanatic. Amen. Lord, help us. Thank you, Brother Bender. Amen. Oh, we need God's blessing. We need the overflowing once in a while. We need it to overflow. How long has it been since your well has overflowed? And you know the good thing about it, you see, the wonderful thing about it is when we let our well begin to overflow, not only do you get blessed, but it splashes off on somebody else. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, how we need it. But you see, the world will stop your well up if it can. But then notice again, it also says that the well there, the Jacob Isaac's well, uh, in his time, they, the Philistines, they had stopped him up with what? With earth, with dirt. Amen. Now it doesn't say dirt, it says earth, but it's dirt. Now I know, spiritually speaking, I know that there are a lot of things and things that are out and out wrong. We know they can stop up our well of blessing. We know that... Uh, Wrong actions. We know that wrong thoughts, unkind words. Oh, we need to be careful of what we say. Unkind, wrong motives. Oh, Lord, help us. They can clog our spiritual well till it does not flow. But friend, not only can these things, we, most of us, we've been around the church long enough that we know about that. But also, there are legitimate things that can clog up our well. There are legitimate things that can stop the flow of God's blessings in our life. What about being overly involved in material things? Now, I know we need a certain amount of material things. I understand that. And the Lord understands that. And I know we have to have jobs and we have to pay our bills. That, that's not what I'm talking about. But friend, there's times we can be so over-involved in the things that are of a, of a legitimate temple affairs till we get so involved in those that it stops the flow of blessing in our life. Remember what Jesus said once. Remember he was talking about the fruit bearing. And remember what he said? One of the things he said was the cares of this life. The cares of this life that can hinder our fruitfulness, that will hinder, you see, the flow of blessing of God in our life. Legitimate things. Doesn't have to be something sinful, church. Things that can, even legitimate things, that can become an idol in our heart. I remember... Going back to when I was pastoring a number of years ago, 
in a certain church. There was a young family, and if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he was on my board. But come Wednesday night, now don't misunderstand me, I know there are legitimate reasons why we can. Please don't take me wrong. But yet, this young man, he was so involved in his new home that he was building. He could go after work and he could work on his new home, but he couldn't come to church. Overly involved in legitimate things. Now, nothing wrong with building a new home. Don't you go and say, oh, that preacher says I shouldn't build a home, new home. That's not what I said. Or I should say I shouldn't have a new car. I'm not saying that. Or I shouldn't have good furniture. I'm not saying that. But friend, we can let material thing become such an idol to us. Come on. Till we think of those things more. They are more important to us than serving the Lord. They are more, become more important to us than our relationship with the Father. Where are your priorities? You know, that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? Where is our priorities? Another thing, not only can those things stop up the well of blessing, but failing to take time to be holy. Failing to take time to get alone with the Master. And I want to tell you, beloved, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to leave off, be sure you take time to get alone with the Father. There's not a one of us, no matter how long we've been in the church or no matter how long we've been a Christian, there's not a one of us can keep the blessings of God in our heart and in our life unless we take time for Him in prayer, in reading the Bible, in going to church, whatever. You know, that's one thing. Well, I don't know. I better not get on that subject. That's one thing about this COVID thing. You know, because of so many people, you know, they've got so used to staying home now, it's easier to stay home and look at it in their pajamas and look at it on inner, in line, online than it is to come to church. Lord, help us. <laughs> if they're so afraid of COVID, maybe they just need to get saved, you suppose? Amen. If the Lord wants to take me to the home with COVID, so be it. I'll just go to heaven be better off anyway. Amen. Well, Lord, help us. Another thing, I mentioned it just a little bit. Another thing that will dry up our well. Because Israel did this. Murmuring and complaining and finding fault. You remember, that's one reason why God, remember they, they murmured against God, their distrust. You know, if we murmur against what God is doing in our life, isn't that showing that we are not trusting Him? How distrust must, when we just distrust our Heavenly Father, how that must grieve His heart. How it must grieve the heart of God. Oh, church, in this age that we are living in, it seems like that there is a drought on of the overflowing blessings of our spontaneous outbursts of God's holy joy upon the saints that used to characterize our services. Can you remember? Come on. Anybody around here used to shout once in a while? I know they did. <laughs> 
Amen. Lord, help us. I believe God would do it if we'd let him. And like I said earlier, I'm not for noise sake. No. But oh, you take when God comes and, and people have something stirring in their heart and they know that God is answering prayer. Friend, they ought to have something. You and I, we ought to have something to get happy about to show some joy once in a while. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you see, many times it was these outbursts, these overflowing of God's blessing in our life that brought conviction upon people. It brought the power of God. It brought unction. What made the difference? The overflowing well. Praise His name. And I'm afraid, you see, church, I believe in this day and age, we can so let the enemy stop up and choke our well of blessing until all that remains, all that we have left, is we have an empty well without any life-giving, springing water coming forth. You say, why are you preaching that way? Well, because I felt that's what God wanted. And friend, this we need revival. If there was never time, we need God to come and do something in our hearts. Something, my friend, that would attract the lost. Friend, the lost, they, they don't want something that's dead and dry. They want an experience, my friend, that will give them joy, that will satisfy, that will meet the needs of their heart. But a dead, dry experience, you say, that's what I am? No, I don't know. I don't know if that's where you are or not. You don't have to tell me. I don't, you know, as far as that's concerned, but we need to search our hearts. Amen. Lord, is the well, over? does it overflow once in a while? Well, we need to reopen the wells. Amen. Need to reopen the wells of blessing. Amen. Now, if you look at the life of Abraham, look at his life, you'll find that Abraham paid a great price to keep the blessings of God upon his heart and upon his life. Notice what Abraham had to do. To keep the wells of blessing open in his own heart and life. First of all, it cost Abraham some separation. In Genesis 12, 1, this is one of the first times, remember, that God spoke to Abraham. And, it, and God said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Abraham had to separate himself. He had to separate himself from things around about him. Amen. And friend, if we want the wells of blessing, if we want to open and reopen the well, it might mean that we'll have to separate ourselves from some things. Now, I don't know what that might be in your life. I have no, I do not know. That's not my business to know. But friend, we must live a separated life. In fact, the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, 
Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Friend, we must separate ourselves. If we want the well to flow, we've got to separate ourselves from things of this world that are unchristlike. Amen. Do you dare to separate yourself? Now, I know it's not popular. No. I realize that this kind of life, a separated life from the things of this world, it's not popular. The world doesn't like it. And the world wants to shape us into their mold for us to be just like them. But friend, if we want the blessings of God upon our life, there are some things, Father, friend, that we have to separate ourselves from. Amen. We cannot go to the same places the world goes. We cannot look just like the world. We cannot act just like the world. We cannot have the same priorities the world has and expect to have the blessings of God at the same time. Folk, it does not work that way. You say, oh, it's hard to be a Christian. <laughs> you need to put it this way. When you think of what you give up to get all that God has to give you, which is the best deal? Who gets the best deal? We do it because of giving up a little bit of things of this world that we really don't need anyway and that are not good for us and they're not bring the blessing. Is, is it better to keep that and to ignore God? But friend, I want to tell you, we get a better deal when we say, yes, Lord. Lord, you can have everything. We can go to bed at night with a clear conscience. Amen. We don't have to... You know, some people, they have to remember exactly what they said so the next person asks them, they can tell it the same way. <laughs> if you know the Lord, you don't have to worry about that. Praise the Lord. But not only, not only did it cost Abraham to uh, have the blessings of God, not only did it cost him separation, but it cost him consecration. Now, if you look at the life of uh, uh, the life of Abraham. Remember there was a time when, when Lot and he had to separate themselves. And of course, remember, Abraham being the eldest, he should have had first choice, but Abraham didn't do that. He gave the choice to Lot. But you see, to, set, to settle the strife so there would not be strife or whatever, he had to disentangle himself from the things that would cause a problem. He had to consecrate it. And friend, we need to come to Christ in full, complete consecration, dedication. The book of Hebrews tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. That means complete, total consecration. Hallelujah. Give God everything. I tell you, we're a lot better off. God can, God can run our lives a lot better than we can. But for Him to do that, we've got to consecrate it all, anything He wants. Like the little fella, little boy, his mother was helping him to learn how to pray. And... Uh, she was trying to lead him how to pray and one thing or another and about something along this side. Lord, I, 
Lord, I'll, you know, I'll serve you. I want to be your child or whatever. And Lord, I'll give you everything. You can have everything. And then the little fellow, under his breath, he said, except my baby rabbit. I'm afraid there are some church members sometimes, they got a little baby rabbit somewhere. Lord, you can have everything except. But friend, if you want the blessings, if you want the blessings of God to come upon your life, it's got to be total. Praise His name. You see, only complete surrender can bring that freedom from sin, my friend, where the blessings can flow. Hallelujah. But again, notice, it also cost Abraham some perspiration. Amen. Required some digging to open up those wells. Amen. That's work to dig. Now I know when we lived in Florida, it was real sandy there, so it was not so hard to dig there. <laughs> but now in Tennessee, where we live, I tell you, if you want to dig a hole, it's hard digging. It cost Abraham some perspiration. And friend, for you to dig out the things of whatever it is that is keeping the blessings of God for, for, to, to fill your heart and to fill your soul, it means we're going to have to do some digging. Amen. Thank the Lord. And friend, if your well is not flowing tonight, amen, God knows why. And He's faithful to show it to you if you will let Him. He knows, he knows about us. He knows about everything about us. I'm really glad that he does, honestly. I'm glad he knows my heart. I'm glad I can trust him. Thank the Lord. And friend, we cannot hide anything from the Lord. You can hide it from others, but you can't hide it from God. And friend, if we will let the Lord show us, if your well is not springing up, and my friend, the wells of blessing are not flowing in your life tonight, ask the Lord why. Lord, show me. And he will put his finger on the spot in our life if we live, if we'll let him. Remember, he did it to the, uh, well, I, I read it to you there in St. John. Remember the, 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 the woman of Sychar? The Lord told her, he said, well, one thing he said, go and bring your husband. You know, sore spot in her life. Jesus did it to the rich young ruler. Ask and the rich young ruler asked, Lord, what lack I yet? And, and remember what Jesus said. Well, you go sell your riches. Go sell what you have and come and follow me. But he refused because uh, he wanted his riches more than he wanted his blessings with the Lord. Well, God knows, doesn't he? You know, there's a song that says, there's always a reason why the fire does not fall. And friend, it'll take some work to dig down to open up the well again. Amen. Remember in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus uh, talking about the wise and the foolish builder. You see, that wise builder, he had to do some work. He had to dig deep. It was hard work to get down to the rock so he could have a good foundation. And friend, it'll cost you and I the same thing. Praise his name forever. You see, one thing we need to remember too, in this story, going back to Genesis chapter 26, remember as Isaac and his 
tried to open up their wells, he found out that there was going to be some opposition. There's an enemy. And friend, if you and I try to open up, when we begin to open up the wells of blessing in our own heart, we're going to find out the devil's not going to like it. He's going to oppose us. He's going to fight against us. But we've got to be determined to fight, determined to win. And we can if we'll trust the Lord. But Satan will bring up all type of objections. Yes, he will. And we'll have to fight sometimes. We'll have to fight our own nature, our own lethargy. Have to fight our own pride. Have to fight our own self-will. Sometimes so many will be able to try to dodge the issue. But friend, we'll find that Satan doesn't like it and he won't like it and he'll keep you from the victory if he can. But thank God you can keep going. You can be determined and God will help you. Praise the Lord. And then of course the final condition for victory is Faith, trusting the Lord. Galatians 3, 6, talking about Abraham. Again, it says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Thank the Lord. Another story about digging. You know, going back again uh, with the Israelites. Traveling, you know, toward the Canaan's land. They were there in the wilderness. They needed water and they began to dig through the sand. Numbers 21, verse 17, they began to sing, spring up, oh well. They hadn't had any water yet. Hadn't hit water yet. But they began to dig and they began to sing. Thank the Lord. They began to dig and they began to sing. And thank God as they did the work, their faith, they exiled their faith, and God gave them water. Praise the Lord forever. And friend, he will do the same for us. Praise his name. Well, I'm not really done yet, but I need to quit. Well, I'm glad there's victory. There was victory for Isaac when he dug those wells just hurriedly. He, they became fruitful. Amen. Find it. Chapter 26, verse 22 tells us they became fruitful. Verse 23 also uh, it tells us that Isaac moved, he moved from G.R. This speaks of progress. Amen. When we begin to, when we dig down and strike the water, strike the well and the blessing begin to flow, we'll begin to make progress. Hallelujah. In, ver in verse 24 of that 26th chapter, you will see that Isaac received a promise from God. And then in verse 25, you will see that Isaac built an altar. In other words, he was now on praying ground. He had dug through, he had dug through, he had obeyed God. Now he was on praying ground. And friend, he, he will open up your well. You'll begin to get your prayers through. Amen. You'll begin to hear from heaven. Thank the Lord. But friend, we have to remove whatever it is that's stopping up our well of blessing. Whatever that might be. I don't know what it is in your life. You say there's nothing. Well, that's great. Thank the Lord for it. Enjoy it. But if there is, if there is, begin to dig. Begin to go down. Thank the Lord. You'll find, 
You'll find, my friend, that God is always the same. If the drought is on, if there's no well springing up within your heart, within your life, if there's no joy and freshness of an up-to-date victory, then begin to dig. Begin to go down. Trust the blood of Jesus. God has promised that he will hear from heaven. Thank the Lord. As the old hymn says, you've probably heard it, maybe you've sang it. He will fill your heart today to overflowing. As the Lord commandeth you, bring your vessels, not a few. He will fill your heart today to overflowing with the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise his name. Stand with me, please. Oh, Father, Lord, we don't want a dry well with no life-giving water springing forth from it. But, oh, God, we pray.